And welcome to the Weekly Dish. This is the second helping. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and I am here at an opening tonight in Roseville, and it's called Baltimore. I want to make sure I said it right because it sounds like when you live in Baltimore, what you called the place where you lived. Everybody called it Baltimore. So when I saw that, I drove by and I was like, that's a very interesting name. And I'm here with Randy. He's the proprietor and we are getting ready for the opening. You guys are officially, when is the official opening day? Has it happened already? It did on uh, October 16th. October 16th. Okay. So you've been for a while. Um, How did you name the restaurant? Like where, where did the name come from? Well, I'll try to be somewhat brief. It's a longer story. Uh, They're always long stories, (laughs) but those are good stories. Well, uh, Sixsmith was our first restaurant yep. in Wyzetta, and uh, that name was derived from the word sicklesmith or sixsmith in early 10th century England. Those were uh, artisans who made the metal blades for sickles for harvesting sure. wheat. Then over time, the uh, word died. They became blacksmiths, and uh, people forgot about it. And so we liked it because it would... Uh, no one would know what they were getting into uh, with that word. Yep. And then second, it pulled together the artisan qualities of Sixsmith. And then for Baldemar, we were looking for another name that would... But Baldemar is more of a prequel to Sixsmith. So you said, called it Baldemar, not Baldemar. Right, Baldemar. I'm okay as long as you get the first two. <laughs> and as long as you get here, we're I here, suppose. That's what counts. But anyway, Baldemar is the patron saint of blacksmiths. And, oh, uh, nice. And he was also, it's a name of nobility, strength, integrity, honesty, hard work, and things like that. And that's what Sharon and I do. <laughs> so Sharon is here as well. And I asked Sharon to be a part of this interview because Sharon, you're Randy's wife. I am. <laughs> How long have you guys been married? Uh, four, five years? Five. Five years? years. Okay. So, how how come I know that? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, five? Um, Because you've had six Smiths longer than that, correct? Yeah. Oh, five years, exactly. So, did you guys meet at the time that that was opening? And how did you have a lot of time for dating after just opening a restaurant? I'm wondering. That's why we work together. (laughs) Okay. So, did you meet at work? Uh, Well, we We met at networking. networking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I met my husband. I was a cocktail waitress. He was the bar manager, Mm -hmm. which is, I know, not very popular in the moment of me too. But 26 years ago, and I'm sure it still happens, that's how you meet people, right? If you're in the restaurant business, you're at work 24-7. Yep, and that's why it works, because Sharon's, we're together 24-7, working together, yeah. So Sharon, had you been in the business before? I waitressed in college, so I don't think that qualifies. No, it probably (laughs) doesn't, but at least you had a sense of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, what did you do in college? Where did you waitress? Was, what is a fine dining? Uh, well, or? no. I'm not even going to say where I <laughs> Like Mickey's Diner or Perkins. somewhere? Oh, God, yes. Well, I got started at Dayton's. Yes. Oh, wow. So there yeah. we go. My sister worked at Perkins, too, for like, honestly, I think seven years. It was really the only place besides a bar in, yeah. in Grand Forks, North Dakota. You know, Absolutely. That's all you do. Yeah. So, Randy, I have to say, when I walk in here, this does not look to me like a local restaurant 
project. It's beautiful. It looks national in scope. And I don't mean to belittle any local restaurateurs, but there's a certain look sometimes that you get. And this looks very high end, very fancy, very beautiful. Was who was your architect? Uh, we used Shay. That's what uh, I thought. Maybe. Yep. They they were great because we had a very distinct vision of what we wanted it to look like and feel like, and um, they were able to capture the spirit of the inspirational images we showed them and conversations with them, and I think they nailed it. And we wanted it to feel like you could be in L.A., Chicago, New York. It really does. Yeah. Because it's got kind of the darkness of a steakhouse that you kind of like and want, but then, like, the seats are bright, Mm -hmm. the um, treatment in the bar is bright, the lighting is really pretty, there's... Maybe it's because it's holiday, but there's a lot of greenery in here already that looks really nice. And the acoustics are good, which Mm -hmm. everybody, that's like one of my number one questions people ask me is, where can we eat that we can hear the people we're eating with? Mm -hmm. Well, we're getting older, so we want to hear each other. Yeah. uh, The the other, it's interesting you said about steakhouses, and it it doesn't have that testosterone-infused... Uh, wood, uh, man. yes, men, men, <laughs> manliness. Men. It's not at all like that. It's more sexy and sultry, mm-hmm. and that's that's where the darkness kind of comes in, and uh, to just be sexy. So you have Six Smith on the West End, and my radio partner Stephanie is from the West End, so yes. she goes there a lot. She does. So when goodness. we heard you were opening, she was like, "Oh, now he has a place for you," because <laughs> I actually live in St. Paul, and that's why we did it. Yeah, so you can kind of cover both of the areas. To to when they started building a restaurant in the mar- parking lot of this mall of Rosedale. I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. But that is the trend now, isn't it, for these sort of lifestyle centers? Yeah, I, 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 I don't profess to be a mall person. Uh, I don't. I, the way I look at it is that they're expensive pieces of real estate. Sure. And the companies that own them are going to do everything they can to protect their assets. And they're all trying different ways to do that. Uh, I think uh, Rosedale seems to be one of the more aggressive about doing that. They're not afraid to reinvent themselves. Yeah, they and take to try swings new things. At, yeah, they try new things. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, they dig back in and take another swing. And we like that. And uh, typically when we're starting a restaurant, we look at demographics and kind of what's happening in the area. And we liked that Rosedale was in this progressive mode in the beginning stages, and that you know, w- with their addition of Von Mar, and then now the announced hundred million dollar renovation, yep. and uh, potluck coming in. You know, they've already got great national retailers like uh, William Sonoma, and then sure. they do the Rose and Loon thing. So they're more than sticking a toe in the water for local entrepreneurial, uh, scrappy, uh, yeah. uh, re- both restaurants and retail and, and uh, eat shops, if you will. You yeah. know what's interesting, too, I think, about Roseville, and it's when you look at the demographics of this area, mm-hmm. you know, you have the shopping demographic, right, kind of the 25 to 54-year-old woman, and they have that. But they also have a really healthy um, 18 to 34-year-old demographic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which has got to be great for bar sales no question. Yeah. And, and happy hour and that and type of business. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're right on. So I was, um, I'm not going to say where I was today, but I was at a meeting of a restaurant group today, and they were celebrating their success, and they are one of the more successful groups in town. And when it came time to talk about um, the success of the restaurant, they echoed something that I had heard, but I didn't really believe. And that is sometimes that 
success in a restaurant is a margin of two to five percent. Could be. <laughs> and I was like, wow, because everybody has this idea that like restaurateurs are making money hand over fist. Oh, no. It's a very... It's uh, skinny margins. Very skinny margins. Yeah. So is it skinnier when you're dealing with like really high quality beef and high quality seafood, which I imagine you will be here? Yes. Uh, I mean, we're buying some of the best products you can buy. Yep. Uh, and pricing them accordingly. But because we're privately held in... Uh, we don't have to explain things to a board of directors sure. or a group of investors. We can say, hey, you know what? That food cost works for us. It's right for the community. You know, we're okay. We can make it we work. We can make it work. And, we, you know, with investors, that's a whole different set of uh, uh, questions and answers and issues that you have to address. How would you describe the food here? Uh, I, hmm, that's a good question, just to put it in that quick of a thing. Let me... I would say it's steakhousey, um, but at the same time, you're not stuck with a you know a 20-ounce New York or a 36-ounce ribeye. They're sized for today's diner who is looking for more of an experience yep. than just to dig into a big chunk of beef. Tomahawk tom- beef. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And here, you know, a table might have like three or four sides or uh, starters, small plates, then they'll share two entrees, and they'll have two desserts, a couple of bottles of wine. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that because that's that I think is how I like to eat, I and I think people, <laughs> yeah, people are kind of eating like that. Yeah. But then some of these restaurants you go to it, and it's like they're all sort of um, like tapas, and that's not the word they always use, but small plates. Right. But then they don't have like the right entree to really mm-hmm. share. So you just end up with like three prawns, you know, two scallops, <laughs> I and think then I've been there. yeah, you're like, okay, so here I am with my. There's four of us. Yep. We've all had one thing, and we're getting ready to share entree. I think it's just hard, yeah. which I think cuts a meat and lots of sides. Mm-hmm. Like that's just fun to it's eat fun. like that. Yeah, so it's and I think that kind of describes we're steak. It's definitely a steakhouse, highest quality beef that you in handled the way that we specify and cut the way we specify, age the way we specify. Yep. And so you get that steakhouse experience and there's a feel to the place that's substantial and legacy like, but it's not your father's steakhouse. One of the things that steakhouses kind of get a bad rub about is people see them as special occasion or only like destination dining. I would actually say that because we eat at steakhouses a lot, my husband is a huge beef person. You know, we eat, they have the best burgers in town mm-hmm. usually because they're carrying, obviously, the best meat. Um, also, just sides, very side forward. Mm-hmm. So if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, right I think you can usually find really good sides at a steakhouse, which seems like an oxymoron. But when people ask me about eating downtown, if they're vegetarian, a lot of times I send them to Butcher and Boar. Sure. Because I just think they have such a great array of sides. Yep. Um, So tell me about some of the um, things that you're proud of on the menu. Well, we're proud of uh, almost everything because it was a labor of love for Have you eaten everything? Oh, gosh, every day, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd say some of my favorites on the the sides part, the cornelote, the Brussels sprouts, cauliflower. On the small plates, uh, we house smoke our own ribs, bacon and bourbon. Um, the tuna poke is a home run. Oh, that's we, one of Stephanie March's favorite yeah, dishes. Yeah, she's had it a few times. 
And then uh, we started a new dish, a sh- shrimp chimichurri, which is with this Yum. Uh, one of my favorite right now. olive oil soaked uh, croutons with the you know fresh shrimp. Oh, they're so good. Yum. And then on the entree side, uh, steak, I would say ribeye or T-bone are probably the uh, two favorites. Yep. I think the, uh, the New York probably shows the aging and the handling the best, but uh, I like the ribeye with that spinalis on the outside. Uh, and, uh, and then Sharon actually is a huge steak eater. Um, we did a tasting of Sharon. Uh, you don't look like a huge <laughs> steak eater. You're like so petite. So we would chew two steaks, and she was picking the right one every I, time. I <laughs> love beef. I do too. Did you grow up loving it? I well, I grew up eating steak. Like yeah, that. yeah. So it's. Yeah. Was it like a treat in your house or did you have it no, like... No, it was just a regular thing. Yeah, like yeah. our house too, we had meat and potatoes. And if there wasn't meat... Not, and you realize now how fortunate you were. Yeah, if that. we didn't have meat, I remember my dad, like one time my mom served soup and sandwiches and <laughs> he was like, well, this is lunch. This yeah, isn't exactly. dinner. Yeah. yeah. What are you thinking? But yeah. I also love the salmon. We uh, The salmon here is... Yum. I love seafood too, so that that's really good. Uh, are you going to be doing that. some holiday gift cards well, and kind of sure. that kind of entertaining? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every hundred, you get 25 free. We'll, we started November 1st and it'll go through Christmas Eve. Okay. And then you can re, uh, use them starting uh, the day after Christmas until April 15th. Will you be doing any Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve or Christmas dining this year? Uh, Sharon and I talked about the Thanksgiving thing and we, we've we been pushing the staff hard to sure. get open and we decided to not open Thanksgiving yeah, this year. I totally understand and that. Give them all a family break to get together with their kids and families. Yep. And, um, we're we're uh, closed on Christmas Day. Open Christmas Eve till four. Okay. Open New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. All right. Yeah. So one thing I want to talk about just before we wrap up here is you probably maybe you know this about yourself, but you are known in my book and in people when we sit and talk about restaurant tours as being a real true hospitalitarian that you know how to treat a guest that you have a lot of experience in how to treat that guest and i think maybe a lot of that comes from your previous experience in working for other restaurant groups but can as the dining needs are changing and the minimum wage is going up and maybe people aren't investing as much or as heavily in the people on the restaurant side you seem to still knock it out of the park in the hospitality side of things. Why are you unique in that? Well, well, I'm a profound ass kisser, number one. And <laughs> That's a great answer, Randy. Yeah. But I'm also pretty good at teaching that and uh, developing a culture of customer service and helping people understand uh, how to transition or transcend from just giving service to living it and believing in it and breathing it. What are you teaching them? Um, Well, how to... uh, First part is to get the knowledge. Like, what's the service sequence? What's all... What are all the menu ingredients and things like that? And then we start teaching them uh, why the products are so special. Like, everything on the menu has a story, not unlike the name. Uh, And then they start understanding that. And then they start figuring out how to put things together and... Uh, then we introduce high-touch components, like if it's your birthday or anniversary, we decorate the table. You get a little bounce-back card, happy anniversary, happy birthday. Um, we teach them to walk by these tables that are decorated and say, oh, happy anniversary, happy birthday. And they start to feel like it's their party. And 
um, that it, it it's not about the money. It's about making people feel good about the experience that they're having and wanting them to come back and it, it, it like a family almost. And it's a slow transition. It doesn't happen overnight, and but the people figure it out. And it's when we ask people because you can have a bad restaurant experience. Oh yeah, we get them too. And and it happens. <laughs> yeah. And people can really get through that if the service is good or if it's mm-hmm. handled properly when the experience happens. If you care, if in that's one of the things we look for in our employees front back of the house everywhere is care. Do you care? We can if you care, we can get you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited to try some food tonight. Thanks for having this opportunity for me to come up and try some stuff. But I'm really excited about this place. I'm excited it's near my house. I love that you guys are husband and wife because that running a business with your spouse is always challenging. Um, We've learned how to communicate effectively. (laughs) We were actually just talking about it last night, marveling at how well we've handled some of the adversity and difficulties and stress and you haven't been married a super long time five five years yeah over five yeah yeah you really have to be open to the communication piece and be professional about your communication i worked with my husband for 12 years and i didn't do so well at that in the beginning (laughs) it was an acquired skill over time to not just say no, I'm not doing it like that and huff off because nobody wants to be in the middle of a marital spat at the office with right. your coworkers, just like, oh, God, there yeah. they go again. Yep. Well, I always say, do you want to be married or do you want to be right? <laughs> yeah. I always tell my husband, happy wife, happy life. Yes. It's, it is, it's or do you true. want to be right or do you want to be married? Yeah. That's, actually, yeah. that's the way it is. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to be right or do you yeah. want to be married? Oh, well, I'm excited for you guys. I think this is going to be a great spot, and I'm looking forward to being a regular customer. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks for taking the time. It was a great meeting. You Absolutely. Sitting down and breaking bread. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you.